0: Good morning, good to see you, welcome home, welcome home to those that are watching online today as well, we're excited for today, as Adam mentioned, it's good to have our kids with us today, and we're going to be celebrating tonight, getting together and um, just fellowshipping, we're going to have uh, fish fry tonight as well as uh, time to pie the pastors for those who've been reading their Bibles, so we're excited, we hope that you'll come out and be a part of that tonight tonight. Hey, before we get into the message this morning, I just want to celebrate, you know, the reason that we're here, we have it on the walls of our church, is to connect people with God, connecting ordinary people and extraordinary God, and our Hispanic ministry joined the rest of the Joplin district yesterday and had several baptisms, and we had three people from the Hispanic ministry that were baptized yesterday, so let's give God a hand. That is awesome. And so we celebrate that today. We're starting a brand new series this morning called David's Diary Stories Behind the Psalms. And so every week during this series, we're going to look at a psalm that David wrote. And uh, when David would write a psalm, a lot of times it would be connected to an actual story that took place in Scripture. And so we're going to kind of parallel the, the two, It'd be kind of a fun series looking at it. And today, if you have your Bibles or you've got the, the Church Center app and you want to go to the notes section, we'll have the slides up there. But we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel 24 and Psalm 57, um, where David is looking and basically is hiding in a cave. And so I think today's message should be helpful for some today because we all have those moments in our life where we feel alone or we're having to put our trust and our faith in Christ Or things aren't just the way that we would like them. We can't see the outcome and we have to trust the Lord. And so um, we're looking forward to that today. But just to give you a little bit of context uh, for David. David, um, essentially King Saul appointed David uh, a leader over his armies. But he became jealous and angry because of David's success. And he seeks to kill him over and over and over and so what we realize is, is in the psalm that we're going to be talking about today, what's, what's happening is David is on the run from Saul. He's being chased. Um, he's being sought out. And uh, so we're going to be looking at that today. But in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24, um, Saul is, has been looking for David, trying to find him. And while he's doing that, he hears that there's some stuff going on with the Philistines. So he goes and he takes care of that. And we're going to pick up here. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the what church? Into the wilderness of En Gedi. Okay? It's not a Star Wars name. It's an actual, that was the name of a place, En Gedi. And uh, so Saul, after he hears where David's at, Right? Some of you like to go fishing. You have the fish finder on. Some of you pay big money for a fish finder. So you can go around the lake or the the pit or wherever you're at and know exactly where the fish are. Somebody has found not a fish, but they found David. There's a spotter somewhere who's found David. So Saul chooses 3,000 troops, but not just any kind of troops. What types of troops does he choose, a church? What's that? Elite, Elite, right? 3,000 elite troops. The best of the best from all of Israel, and they go to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. And so what takes place is they start hunting him, and David, he begins to pray this prayer in Psalm 57. And I'm going to ask Ethan, because today as our kids are in here... Ethan's already got a mic. I don't know where he found that. Maybe he, I think he's got a good resource there. But de, uh, Ethan, let's give Ethan a hand. Ethan's gonna read the first three scriptures for me. Wait, just a second. <laughs> it's on the screen too. Well, I know. Here. here. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. I cry out to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. All right, let's give Ethan a hand. Thank you. He's got young eyes, because I couldn't hardly see that on the back wall. Good job, Ethan. So he's writing this prayer, and he goes on to say, I'm surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, whose tongues cut like swords, and in the midst of him hiding, in the midst of him feeling just hunted, he says, let's read it, Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens, may your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. He says, wake up, my heart. And when you study this Um, We kind of think that he wrote this kind of as a reflection, maybe later, and then looking back on it, wrote it. There's a chance that maybe he wrote it actually in the cave, but we tend to believe it's a reflection. But either way, he says, Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with what? My song. So he's praising. He's giving God praise, and he's in the cave. He says, I will thank you, Lord, among all the nations for your unfailing love, let's read it, is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. He says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. There's a lot just to unpack in that psalm today. And it starts with David professing that he is dependent on God. Let's read that together. David professes that he is dependent on God. In fact, listen to what he says. Have mercy on me, who? Oh, God. He's acknowledging right off the bat who who it is that needs to have the mercy. He's acknowledging who God is. I look to you for what? For protection. I don't look to my men. In fact, David's not the only one. David's in the cave. He's hiding with his men. He's not just alone. He's with his men. And he's saying, God, I just want to acknowledge right now that I look to you for protection. I hide beneath the shadow of whose wings? Your wings until the danger passes by. And I cry out to who? To God who will fulfill his purpose for me. I just want to mention that this morning before we move on today because David is professing that he is acknowledging that God is who he's trusting and who he's got his faith in this morning. He says, I will take refuge in the shadow of whose wings? Your, meaning God. Here's what the commentary says. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings as the chickens take shelter under the wings of the hen when the birds of prey are ready to strike at them until the disaster has passed. He was confident His troubles would end how? Well, in due time. Let's read the next part. The disaster will pass. You know, some of the most comforting words in the Bible when we're going through it is simply, and it came to pass. In fact, maybe today you need to hear that. These simple words. Maybe that's why you're here today. This will pass, and it came to pass. Say that with me. And it came to pass. To pass. He was confident his troubles would end well. In due time the disaster will pass. He comforted himself in the, I love this, in the goodness of God's what? Nature. Think about that. David comforted himself in the goodness of God's nature. Man, what would that look like in our storms, in our trials, while we're hiding in the cave or while we're uncertain about what's going on? We give lots of examples today, but whatever that is for you this morning. And the comfort comes from hiding in the goodness of God's nature. By which he is inclined to help and protect his people as the hen is, in, is by instinct to shelter her young ones. This morning, David professes that he is dependent on God while he's hiding in this cave. And this morning, I can't help but think that maybe the beginning of our rescue or, or, or the beginning of peace is an acknowledgement this morning that it is only God that can deliver us. Amen? Amen? It is only God that can deliver our country. It is only God that can put marriages back together. It is only God that can give us wisdom and discernment for the decisions that we need to make. It is only God that can fix what is broken. In fact, we, we, we're putting our sermon series together for this next year. And one of the, one of the series we're going to do is the Lord's Prayer. And most of us know it, but it starts with an acknowledgement. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Before we ask for anything, hallowed be your name. David acknowledges this morning. And what would it look like in our lives if we would acknowledge that God is the author of peace, and he is the the comforter, and he is the deliverer. David recognizes that. Another thing that's interesting as we were reading through that passage of Scripture is that despite David's circumstances, David exalts the Lord. Did you catch that? He says, I'm surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like what? Okay, that's pretty sharp. And whose tongues cut like... And you thought the person you work with had a bad mouth. I mean, he's describing, listen to this. He's describing a situation, and then the yellow words at the very bottom of the screen are his posture, despite those things going on, by what kind of lions? Fierce. Fierce lions. Who greedily devour, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, whose tongues cut like swords. And then right after that it says, be exalted, O God. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heaven. May your glory shine over all the earth. Praise doesn't require ideal situations. Amen? You don't have to have a perfect cancer report to praise the Lord. Your marriage doesn't have to be perfect to praise the Lord. You don't have to know what's coming down the pike next for you to praise the Lord, things can be uncertain, unfamiliar, unknown, and maybe even unnecessary in your eyes, and we can still praise God. He says, be exalted. Praise doesn't require ideal situations. Listen to this from the Bible.org. David must have wondered, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Now, I'm just going to go first. I've had things in my life before where I've thought, man, why is this happening? Raise your hand. Just be vulnerable today. How many of you have had that happen? Yeah, most of us. Maybe all of us. God, why is this happening to her? Why is this happening to him? Why is this happening to us? Why is this happening to our church? Why is this happening to our country? Why is this happening to me? David, he writes, you anointed me as king. I didn't choose the job. You asked me to do this. Why don't you remove Saul and put me in office? But Psalm 57 shows us that David understood something deeper. Although he may not have realized why God was allowing him to suffer, he did understand what God wanted from him in his suffering. David understood, this is like gold. David understood that to ask the question why in the midst of suffering is to ask the wrong question. The proper question to ask God is, God, what do you want from my life in the midst of this trial and as a result of this trial? That's good. And the answer is, God wants to be what? that's the theme of psalm 57 now it's kind of hard i'm up here i'm going through a story really quickly because we're taking communion later and you know we have a second service coming in we can't spend hours and hours talking about this today but can you imagine hiding in a cave not knowing if someone's going to find you and kill you right has anybody seen the movie taken have you seen the movie, the lady's hiding under the bed wondering if the guy's going to come in and get her, right? We've probably read the diary of Anne Frank or we've had history lessons on people who were in hiding, worrying about whether somebody's going to come in and get them. And that creates anxiety and tension and stress, waiting for the ball to drop, waiting for the doctor to call us back, waiting for something. We're in that waiting time, right? And rather than saying, why is this happening to me, David's essentially saying, God be glorified. And What's interesting is that while David's waiting in the cave, there's a lot more that happens. When I was a kid growing up, I rode a school bus. Mr. Mossberg was my bus driver, and he would listen to Paul Harvey in the morning. For those who maybe are a little older, some of our young ones have no idea who I'm talking about. Paul Harvey would would be in the morning, and does anybody remember what he would say? He would always say, and now you know. Look at that. Give yourselves a hand. (laughs) So we've been looking at this Psalm 57, but there was a rest of the story that takes place because David, we're going to read about it, David shows mercy to Saul. That's what takes place. So I want to read this to you. I didn't want to, I'm just being real with you. I didn't want to type out 27 verses Okay, so I'm going to just put the the Scripture passage on the screen, um, and we're just going to read it, okay? Well, I've got the wrong one here. Oh, wait. I think I jumped the gun here. David shows mercy to Saul. Here's what the Scripture said. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. So if you don't know the story, Saul is... The Bible says that Saul went into the cave to relieve himself. We have our kids in the room today, which means he went potty in the cave. He's got all of his troops with him, and he was a real person. He needed a bathroom break, right? Sometimes you've been driving a while, and you've got to have a bathroom break. So, so Saul goes into the cave for a bathroom break, and Scripture says it just so happens that the very cave that he takes a bathroom break in is where David and his men are hiding in the cave. That's crazy, isn't it? And David's men are like, I can't think of a more vulnerable time (laughs) to go ahead and go on the uh, the offense than when a guy's going to the bathroom. Right now, I don't know why I always crack up at this story. Right now, it'd be a real good time, David. Now's your chance. David's like, nah, but he goes up, and he cuts a piece of his garment off instead, and so David restrains. We're going to talk about a little bit more of what happens in just a minute, but David restrained his men, and he did not let them kill Saul. Can I just tell you today that sometimes when we're in a corner, we want to lash out, don't we? You put an animal in the corner, you put someone in the corner, they want to lash out, but David shows restraint because we follow after Christ. David shows Saul mercy. This morning, maybe some of us today are in some situations where we want to lash out. We want to get mad. We want to fight back. And what would happen if, rather than doing that if we showed mercy? Another thing that we find is that David delivers or God delivers David and his men from Saul. Let's read that. God delivers David and his men from Saul. We're going to pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 24, beginning with verse 17. When David had finished speaking, Saul called back, is that really you, my son David? Then he began to cry and he said to David, you are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today. For when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when, the, when he had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness that you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me by the Lord that when the... When that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descendants. So David promised this to Saul with an oath. And then Saul went home. But David and his men went back to their stronghold. I wish I could tell you that that it was a one-time deal. But we know that Saul continued to chase David. But the reality is this morning that God delivers us from evil. God delivered Saul or delivered David from Saul's hands. And can I tell you today... God will deliver you, and he wants to deliver you. And a lot of times it's in our mindset. It's in trusting in his promises. It's in understanding that God is still in control. God is faithful, church, even in the cave. Can I tell you that today? God is faithful, even in the cave. That's why David was exalting. When you look up the word exalt, I was, I was assuming that I was going to see the word praise, but you know what it says? Sing. I mean, that's not just praise, but it's, it's sing this morning. David was so knowing that God was faithful that, that they were exalting. And this morning, what would it happen if we would allow our voices... Figuratively, not necessarily literally, but our posture to praise God for our hearts to sing despite what we're going through. God is faithful in the cave. So, we need to give God glory in the cave. Man, I just want us to think about this for a second. We're going to take communion in a second. In just a minute, the band's going to come out. And we're going to wrap this up. But I just want to... Th- I want to ask you today, what's that thing in your life that's got you stressed out or full of anxiety or full of worry? Maybe for students and teachers and administrators it's schools getting ready to start, you know, even mentioning that creates tension for a lot of us. But what would happen if our posture would go move away from what's this going to be like this year to God, how can you get glory through this? What would happen if there's a coworker that you're having issues with today um, that, that is difficult to deal with? What if your prayer was, God, how can, how can you get glory through this? Or maybe you find yourself in a cave in some way similar to David. And rather than allowing the walls to close in on you and to sit there and focus on all the things that are wrong in your life, what if you just said, God... How can you receive glory through this? We read in Scripture that Jesus wanted to give the Father glory, and that he came to fulfill the purpose that God had for him. And when he climbed up on the cross and he was crucified, he was pierced for our transgressions. In fact, Scripture says that by His stripes we're healed. And his whole purpose was to fulfill his his father's plan. And he he gave God glory. He lived a sinless life and he died and he resurrected on the third day. And we can have a relationship with Christ through Jesus Christ. Or with the father through Jesus Christ.